Hello, everyone. This is Dan Capril, your host for the Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast, where each and every week we try to make what many people think is the complex and show you that, you know what, personal finance really isn't all that complicated. There's some simple principles, and if you apply them, the chances are far greater that you're going to be successful. It's when people get a little too cute with their money, start getting into things they don't understand, like Bitcoin, that mistakes tend to get made. And in this show, we're all about holding you to the basics because simplicity usually works quite well. Today, I'm going to get into a topic that I'm always hesitant to discuss because it sounds a little bit self-serving. So I'm going to try very hard to give you a balance to be somewhat objective, even self-deprecating a little bit, if I can get funny, so that you see that I'm being truly open and honest with you about it. And it has to do with working with a financial advisor or working with the right financial advisor. So let's take the first part. Should you work with a financial advisor? You may be surprised to hear that I don't think everyone should work with a financial advisor. No. There is a percentage of people, I don't know what that percentage is, if I had to guess, maybe 25%, that will always be better served doing it themselves. They are of the personality where they like to be in control. It doesn't make them bad people at all. It just is who they are. It's kind of like if you've ever been on an airplane and you're next to someone who's a nervous flyer. Usually, the more you talk to them, you start to realize, yeah, this person's kind of a, I hate to use the term control freak, but I guess that's kind of what they are. And flying in a commercial airplane is one of those times where you have absolutely no control. <laughs> you're, you're clearly at the mercy of the pilot and the airplane and, and physics to get you from point A to point B. But if you are the type of person who wants to be in control and you don't think that you would get any peace of mind in giving that control to somebody else, trusting somebody else, then no, you, you should not work with a financial advisor. Trust, I just mentioned, is, is a big part of that. There are some of us who have difficulty trusting other people. Again, does not make us bad people. Sometimes there's a good reason for that. Sometimes we've been burned in the past, whether it be with another financial advisor or whether it just be in their life. The sense of betrayal is, is one of the most painful emotions that anybody can, can face. I think we all know that. I think we can all think back to a time where someone let us down or maybe even betrayed us. And that leaves a mark that usually does not go away. So for those of you who are like me of the Christian faith, you understand this and you understand how betrayal is something that we have to learn not only to uh, recognize, but learn to forgive. And there haven't been a lot of people who've walked the planet who've been great at doing that. So if that is something that's happened, you can't deny that. You have to accept that and you have to ask yourself, okay, is that going to prevent me from, from trusting somebody else? Because that's what working with a financial advisor really comes down to. So I want to share with you a recent story uh, just happened earlier this week where a gentleman came to see me. He'd been a listener to the show for quite some time, even going back to when we used to be on the air in Dayton, and wanted to come meet to discuss planning for retirement over the, you know, perhaps in 10 years. Very nice gentleman. It's interesting because his brother is a financial advisor and one of his closest friends is a financial advisor. So I naturally had to ask that question, you know, what possesses you to come here if you already have two people in your life who do this? And the relationships were both solid relationships. 
his brother is a bit older than him. So there was a bit of concern there that maybe, you know, his brother isn't going to be doing this for, for a very long time. And that's, that's a very valid reason maybe to look beyond that. But he admitted that the friend was very competent, had a very competent firm, but he felt there was a need to at least shop around, to at least look at others. And I'm sure my response surprised him. Again, I liked him a great deal, and I have no doubt that we could help him. But I said to him that until he has concluded that his good friend is not a good fit, that I don't recommend he shop around. Because the one thing that the friend has that no other advisor will have is immediate trust. He knows the person. He likes the person. He probably cares deeply for his friend. That's not something that you're going to develop with a stranger overnight. I also said, which might have surprised him, that knowing the firm that his friend was with, that they were very competent firm. And while I'd like to believe that my expertise are unparalleled, I know that's not the truth. I know that there are plenty of good advisors out there. So I did not want him to make his decision based on logical reasons, which may seem odd to you that I would say that. I don't think we're capable of making decisions like that based on logical reasons. I think we make almost every important decision in our life based on emotional reasons, and most psychiatrists will back me up on that one. So if we are somewhat emotional in our approach, and trust is certainly an emotion, that should be the driving factor by which we hire another advisor. Otherwise, we should keep looking. So we didn't talk a lot of specifics about what we do and how we do it. We didn't get into our fee structure or anything like that because to me, none of that really mattered. I did not want him to make his decision based on that. I wanted to make his decision based on the idea that he could get peace of mind from this individual. And he needs to first explore his existing relationship before he brings in other people. So he appreciated that reaction. That's not the response most financial advisors are gonna give you. Most financial advisors, if they know you got money, they will sit there and they will tell you why you should hire them. Many will try to, they'll even be somewhat braggadocious. Well, we're the best, we have this, we have that. Those are not the reasons that clients work with us for many, many years. There are good markets and there are bad markets and I cannot insulate you from those. I do not have a crystal ball. All I can do is develop a strategy that puts the odds in your favor. And anyone who tells you anything differently is lying to you. There is an upside and a downside to every single strategy and you need to know what those are. If the advisor is not telling you those, what's the downside? Well then that should be a reason perhaps not to trust that person. But Nobody has next week's newspaper today. And it is only that advisor who has next week's newspaper today. That's the only person to whom you should be running to because they have expertise nobody else has. Other than that, we all pretty much are playing with the same rules, the same tools. And it's now a matter of developing a strategy that puts our clients' self-interest first. And if you have that, well, then that, that's great. If you don't have that with your existing advisor relationship, then uh, you should look further. So again, just to back up a little bit, not everybody is, in my opinion, a good fit to work with a financial advisor. I don't know what percentage that is. You wanna say it's 25%, that's fine. For the 75%, the reason that I think you would benefit 
is because people as a whole have difficulty maintaining discipline, particularly during difficult times. During difficult times in our life, we tend to throw structure to the wind. We tend to get away from the habits that make us happy, that make us healthy. And this is particularly true with matters of personal finance. When markets are going down and people start to see their net worth falling, they panic. And they make decisions that in the long run hurt them. You know, you're supposed to buy when prices are low and sell when they're high. And too often people do the complete opposite. You know, they're getting into Bitcoin when it's at $15,000 per coin. <laughs> and now it's down to five and they're, they're freaking out. It's true even with good investments, like, like being in a, in a broad-based stock and equity portfolio. Human emotion is part of the game. And too often people will panic during those difficult times. So you have to be careful about that. And I think that having an advisor who will coach you and guide you and will, will tell you, no, that is a mistake. You're not going to do that. If you do that, you can do it, but you go only if you will fire me. Then I think you, you've got somebody who's, who's giving you something of value. Those are the people that can benefit. People who will respond to having structure in their life and are willing to give somebody the, the ability to give them that structure. So I'll use myself as another example, personal health. A couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with um, high blood sugar. And so I decided, all right, I'm not gonna take medication for this. I'm going to do what I need to do to get my blood sugar below so that I am not considered diabetic. And I did. I had two people give me structure. My physician, who said, fine, you come in here every three months to get your blood looked at. And even though I belong to a gym and I have a fabulous gym in my home, those two things just don't work for me. So I hired somebody to work me out. And three days a week at 7 a.m., she kicks my butt. And what a difference that makes because there's no way I would work as hard if she wasn't putting together the schedule. Now, there's nothing sophisticated about her exercises. There's certainly nothing sophisticated about her gym. I have tons of equipment in my house that I could replicate any workout that she gives me. No problem at all. But the truth of the matter is that I wouldn't do it. I need somebody to keep that structure in my life. So when that alarm goes off at 5.15 in the morning like it did this morning, I know I have to get up because someone's waiting for me. However, if it was just a matter of me going down to the gym in my basement, no, that wouldn't happen. I've tried it, believe me, <laughs> I've tried it, it doesn't work. And then I start getting heavy and, and then, you know, then the doctor starts getting mad and um, things don't work out. So that advantage is that you're gonna have the advisor who's gonna give you that structure to make sure you actually file through with the things that you know you need to do. Now, often somebody will have a relationship with an existing advisor and they become unhappy. So often I'll ask the question is, how do I know if it's time to make a change? How do I know my advisor is doing right by me? Well, again, I don't think it's a question that's gonna be answered with logic. I don't think it's really gonna be answered by looking at, say, the rate of returns that you've received. Because your advisor cannot control rates of return. We can't. Now, certainly there are some portfolios that are better suited for higher returns than others. But if your advisor puts you in a portfolio and all equity markets tumble, well, guess what? You're going to go down with them. So to me, that's not the issue. 
The issue really comes down to, at least initially, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate yourself when it comes to your personal financial well-being? A 10, you go to bed sleeping like Bill Gates every night. You don't even think of money. A one, you don't sleep at all. You're stressed out because you have no money. Now, obviously, if you're a nine or a 10, I don't think you should leave your current advisor. And I've had people come to my workshops and they'll come to consultations. And that's one of the first questions we ask. In fact, I don't even ask, it's on the form that I ask them to complete. And if they put a nine or a 10, I'm very dubious as to why they're even in my office. Why are you here? And I'll usually get something like, well, you know, I'd, I'd really like to get a second opinion. Really? When you go see your physician and he tells you you're in excellent health, do you ask for a second opinion? No. Now, if he tells you, look, I want to crack your chest open, you probably will go get one, and you should. But when do we ever ask for a second opinion for good news? Well, if you're a nine or a 10, then you're probably doing great. Now, if not knowing certain things bothers you, well, then you're not a nine or a 10, are you? See, when I talk to somebody for the first time, I really want to get an understanding of what's going through their mind. And as humans, we naturally will contradict ourselves. And when you're meeting somebody for the first time, there's a tendency to put up a guard. It's kind of like when you go see your doctor and you, he asks you, okay, how many alcoholic drinks do you have in a week? Most people lie, by far, because they don't, <laughs> even if they're not worried about repercussions, they're still gonna lie. Well, if I tell this doctor that I drink a half a bottle of wine every night, which by the way, is only two glasses, and if it's good wine, I, I really don't fault you, but you know, he's going to judge me or he's going to suggest I have an issue. So no, I'm just gonna tell him I have one drink, a week. It happens all the time. Doctors know that. Doctors know that, that people lie to them. So be honest with yourself here. And if you really feel good about where you are, then that in of itself answers your question as to whether or not you should be looking. Of course, if that's not the case, if you don't have a strong sense of where you're going and you don't feel that the advisor has given you that kind of attention, then yeah, you should look. You should at least consider. Now, this also assumes that the trust factor with the current advisor has been diminished. If it has, well, then that's certainly an issue that you deserve to have somebody that you should trust. But don't let recent returns be the only reason. What you're looking for is an advisor who keeps your planning strategy fresh, in my opinion. There's nothing stale that you have a clear understanding about why you're doing everything that you're doing and it's updated, just like if you go see your physical every single year. I have seen examples where I think people have left advisors when they shouldn't have, and I've seen examples where people should have left advisors and did not. But most of the time, most advisors that I know are pretty competent. Not all, but most. And if the client has a strong sense of comfort with that advisor, well, then, then they should stay with that advisor. Or at least, explore why they may not. Because if you're gonna leave an advisor simply because you think you're gonna get dramatically higher returns by going to somebody else, that's not a good reason. Because you know what? There's no guarantee you're gonna do that. You may actually get lower rates of return. Short-term returns, though, really are not good indicators of anything. I'd be more interested is what is the advisor's philosophy when it comes to investing? And so this is, if you're looking for a logical reason, here it is. If you have an advisor who believes that markets are predictable, and through the use of algorithms or whatever, that he can move money around or find somebody to move your money around 
and get a beat on the rest of the market. If he believes that, I think you should leave that advisor because almost all the academic research out there, certainly almost all of which has won the Nobel Prize, would say completely to the opposite, that news is unpredictable, markets react to news, therefore markets are unpredictable. So when someone tells me, oh yeah, no, no, he's a good stock picker, I worry. Because most stock pickers perform lower than market averages. You're better off getting the market average. So if you're gonna base this purely on logical reasons, that to me would be a driving factor. Short of that, you know, assuming there's nothing else, I mean, other issues that can come up, you should weigh them out. But that would be the one factor that to me, when I, when I hear somebody say, oh yeah, no, the research department's really good at predicting market movements, I worry about that a great deal because they do not have insider information. Well, if they do, they're gonna to go to jail for using it. So they basically have the same information that everybody else has. Very, very important. So I hope this helps. If you'd like more information, we actually have a report called, I think it's the seven biggest things you should be aware of before you hire a financial advisor. So if you'd like a copy of that report, reach out to us. Number here is 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. Or just shoot me an email, dan at matsonandcapril.com. And I'll be more than happy to get that report to you or any other information that you want. So until next week, I want to thank you. Again, this is Dan Capril. And thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.